This Week in HPC. IBM makes big health analytics buy. And Amazon shores up its HPC cloud. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of This Week in HPC, brought to you by us here at Intersect 360 Research, as well as our friends over there at Top 500. I'm Michael Feldman of Intersect 360 Research, and today I'm joined by Christopher Willard, our Chief Research Officer. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's always nice to uh, to jump in uh, while Addison or you are on vacation to uh Give my thoughts to the world in general. Yeah, and we've got some uh, interesting stories this week. They're both in the acquisition realm. We've got two interesting acquisitions. Let's let's start off with the the really big one that that was announced this week, and that's IBM. IBM uh, announced they're going to buy Truven Health Analytics, uh, basically a cloud-based healthcare data analytics company, for two point six billion dollars. Um, they're going to fit this underneath their Watson Health unit uh, and the platform that uh, that entails, and and sort of leverage that technology in in, in a way you know, such that uh, it adds to their other offerings in that area. They've actually been acquiring a lot of different companies. Actually, this is the fourth company they've acquired for that health platform, and this is going to fit into that basically. Um, for for the database and the analytics technology that that uh, that entails. Yes, it it is interesting that uh, we have a business model here that is being built around the the possession of the data uh, and the ability to analyze it, rather than around uh, uh, hard wire technology per se. That the proven. Uh, product uh, uh, in its many forms touches about one in three Americans. They have about 215 million what they call de-identified patient lives. So uh, data about about, a, about individuals' medical history that have been separated from the individual identification information. Mm-hmm. Uh, and combined with IBM already has that number may get as high as 300 million of these histories. Um, and they work with uh, uh, the, go- the government, state, local, federal, uh, and uh, employers and hospitals uh, in, in tracking, tracking medical histories, procedures, outcomes, and I assume uh, to a certain degree billing and how much it costs and who's doing the paying or how much should be paid. They do claim that uh, uh, they've uh, saved over $2 billion in customer costs uh, uh, since about 2011. Right, and I think part of the strategy here is not, like you alluded to, is not just to add sort of this technology to Watson and sort of the intelligent cognitive computing side of it to do do smarter decision-making, but it's actually to bring together uh, sort of the different databases that that Truven has its hooks into and offer that to uh, IBM's clients, uh, their healthcare clients, uh, and, and to make the whole sort of process more efficient, to bring these databases together and then to do analytics on them, to offer sort of an interface for even even third-party uh, people or their, or their clients themselves to do analytics on them. It's, it's, it's a different model and uh, sort of represents 
something I think IBM's been driving at for a while and, and sort of strategically trying to focus on is, is just data-driven technology and uh, focused on very domain-specific uh, verticals, in this case, you know, the healthcare industry. And it further moves their their business model away from uh, uh, selling physical technologies and towards selling services of different types. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely moving up the value chain here. And this is something I think, you know, it's worth mentioning. This is something really nobody else is doing as far as not just the acquisition strategy, but sort of building the business. They're not just adding technologies or or adding expertise. They're actually going in and building domain-specific businesses, in this case, healthcare. But we also saw similar things. They bought the uh, the weather company uh, last year, again, for the, you know, the meteorology and climate domain. It's, it's they're doing something uh, very different uh, that, you know, their competitors or even, even non-competitors and smaller companies are not doing. It's very interesting. Uh, yes, and I, I think what needs to be seen and, and will be proved out over the next several years is if there is a, a business model that can be made from this. Uh, there is an assumption that, that if data, then value. And, and certainly, uh, Truven's history has, has provided some proof of that in, in a very specific area. Uh, but it will be interesting to see how well IBM can generalize this and, and perhaps expand upon it. Uh, we were speculating a little earlier on, on what could be done with it, and uh, uh, we may go at some point uh, from the driverless car to the uh, doctorless doctor's office. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, uh, certainly that's the way they've talked about sort of the technology in the past, not to necessarily make it a doctorless office, but certainly as a sort of a doctor multiplier to, to offer, you know, insights, the intelligent insights that would help doctors make diagnosis or make more of them in a, in a given amount of time. Um, and, and to eliminate sort of maybe some of the grunt work, too, that doctors have to go through every time they, they have to make a diagnosis. And um, the other issue that, that people sort of pussyfoot around is a lot of this is going to have is going to be dealing with money. Uh, the medical industry is 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 one of the largest parts of the economy. It's been outgrowing the economy for a long time, uh, and certainly in our political realm, there's there's been a lot of debate exactly about how to control those costs and while, while still delivering optimal levels of health care to as many people as possible. Uh, and that a good deal of the data that Truven covers really, really deals with how much money is spent on what procedures and how well they work. Uh, and the the client base includes both hospitals, but also the uh, industries that have insurance programs, the insurance companies, and uh, and government entities. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. I mean, the efficiency, when they talk about efficiency, I think they are talking about the bottom line here and the money. And in a sense, you could look at the healthcare industry and think this this is an area that's ripe for this sort of thing. There's so many efficiencies. There's so much disparate data uh, and, and, and sort of non-digital data out there um, to sort of consolidate these things and to, to make a more intelligent workflow 
uh, it's not like it's an easy thing to do, but it's there's such need in this industry, and it's not surprising that a lot of the stakeholders are interested in this. And I think that's that's why IBM's investing in this. We ought to mention that even though they they're going to buy this for 2.6 billion, I mean, uh, we sort of alluded to this. They they've already spent another few billion uh, buying other companies in this area. They bought uh, Merge Healthcare just last year for a billion, and they bought two other companies. Uh, the previous year, and I'm not sure what the amounts were, but the company called Explorers, which does population-based health technology and Fitel, uh, which does electronic medical records. So, I think they're looking at the landscape and seeing, boy, there's a lot of efficiency to be squeezed out of this because the healthcare industry has been sort of so uh, behind sort of the technology curve in this area, uh, I think they're just seeing a lot of opportunity. It's, a, it's an industry that, that that tends to be in the late adopter category of technologies. But yeah. if you look at, at computers in, in medicine over the last uh, 20 or 30 years, it's made tremendous advances. Uh, and uh, and the issue really is is that at the the bottom line isn't money it isn't efficiency it's people's health and lives and it is the people who have to take responsibility for for the decisions that get made so that uh, adopting technology is always done uh, with an eye on on is this going to improve uh, improve the the lot of the patient uh, and that before before people really get into is this going to be less expensive or is it going to be faster uh, or is it going to uh, uh, cover more people or allow individual doctors to do more work or anything of that type the first issue is are we you know first do no harm. Right, and as far as even the the legal aspects of this, I mean, once you start getting, uh, you know, computer technology making or even helping to make diagnosis, you know, there's 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 a lot of possible fallout from from that. Just considering that uh, you know there's there's life and death decisions being made, and, and now you've got basically software involved in that life and death decision. Yeah, and you really don't know who the programmer was or whether or not he has a medical degree or even needed one. Yeah, I mean, it's something, you know, it, it's been been discussed and will continue to be discussed. But um, anyway, interesting buy. I think we'll, we'll follow this, and it's not going to be the last acquisition. Certainly, IBM buys to put under the uh, the Watson umbrella. They're moving very quickly in, in this area, and they're, they're like we said, they're strategically focused on this. So, another big buy, but uh, not the last one. Let's let's sort of switch gears here and move into the other acquisition. That's a smaller buy, but this is by another big company, Amazon Web Services. They they acquired Nice Software. This is an Italian company that uh, specializes in HPC software and services. In this case, particularly grid. Uh, slash cloud intelligence grid portal type type software. Uh, the idea apparently being that uh, Amazon wants to put this technology to use under their their cloud services, especially the ones that are more HPC flavored. Now Nice Nice's current customer base it's uh, basically a few hundred customers, but they include you know, sort of some of the Usual suspects that that we're used to, like Airbus and CERN and Audi, uh, Chevron. Uh, actually, a lot of the 
in the auto industry. Siemens is another one. Uh, you know, they're using this technology to sort of do some of the remote uh, visualization and and the grid portal that, uh, that their product they use called Engine Frame to do some of their work. It's it's a uh, Designed to give you know HPC clusters and and applications some interaction uh, at the grid or, or cloud level. Um, I think Amazon sees this as as something they can leverage. I, I don't think they're going to get into uh, the idea of selling this uh, with the idea of selling this as uh, Nice is selling it as as a licensed piece of software. It's it's small small money in that sense. I think they're looking to leverage the technology and then and, and making money off it in their their scaled up uh, cloud services. Yeah, I think there are two ways of looking at this purchase. One is the uh, the the growth and development of the cloud, uh, sort of with the capital capital T capital C there for the cloud, and and in this case we are you know we are seeing companies uh, uh, going out and making purchases uh, to. Uh, to to improve the basic cloud infrastructure or technological infrastructure just to make things work better, uh, and it could be that a good deal of this of the of the thinking behind this purchase was to strengthen Amazon's cloud overall, beginning with the HPC category, and you know getting another another piece to the puzzle in place. Uh, the second way to look at it is is HPC cloud. The good news and bad news from our research is that for Amazon is that Amazon is uh, is the leading cloud provider uh, into HPC. And on the good news side, the bad news is that HPC clients are not devoting a great deal of their budget to cloud computing. Uh, about three to four percent over the last five years or so. That uh, we do see, we do see cloud being continually mentioned as an area that people expect to spend more money in. Although we haven't seen it turn any any corners in terms of the of our end user research. Uh, where it seems to be showing up is first at the low end, where individual researchers or graduate students. Uh, will opt to spend their grant money on on getting cloud computing rather than go through the uh, the university or, or corporate bureaucracies. Uh, and the second area is in peak performance computing or uh, peak offload, where uh, somebody just wants to be sure that if uh, if they run out of computing power at a, at a crucial time, they can move some of the some of the workload off off to a cloud. And still meet their service level agreements. Um, the problem is that both of these cases, where you may get more and more users in them, it do not necessarily generate a whole lot more money. Uh, peak computing, by definition, is something you're only going to use occasionally, and graduate students, by definition, are individuals that don't have much money. Yeah, I mean, point taken. I mean, that's that's definitely been our our take on on the cloud offerings uh, in HPC and the cloud product sets. You know, it, it's it's sort of from our point of view, it's sort of funny funny to see this investment 
because uh, you know Amazon must be looking at their customer base. They must know more about their customer base than we do, uh, and, and yet they've they've made this investment in HPC technology specifically. And it would make me think they can only it would only mean two things: that actually their customer base for HPC is maybe more robust or different than we think it is, or they think they can leverage this technology for a broader customer base than just HPC, and that that rationalizes the investment. Um, but they're not. I mean, Amazon isn't the only company making HPC investments in their cloud infrastructure. I mean, Microsoft is doing this. Google is doing this as well. And I think they're looking to monetize it in in maybe non-traditional HPC ways. And maybe that's what's going on here as well. It's possible, or possibly they feel that the the market just needs to develop. Uh, what we may be looking at is is a generational issue in people's attitudes about how to use computers, uh, and that eventually uh, users with <coughs> who are more comfortable with cloud solutions will be the ones with the budget authority. Uh, however, at least up to this point, most of the economic analysis. Of, of cloud computing for HPC uh, uh, limits, the, limits the areas where it can be very successfully used. Uh, HPC varies from, uh, from other computing models or other, other, other markets in that users can literally use as much computing power as you can throw at them. Uh, the, my favorite story, it's a very old one, I don't, don't even remember where it came from, was a company that had a, a major researcher who felt that, that as part of the prerequisites of his position that he got a certain amount of computing time. And that every time the company bought a new, more powerful computer, he would go talk to the system manager and find out just how much more powerful it was do a few calculations, and then go back and modify some parameters on his program, which allowed him to use the same percentage of that new computer's time as he was using of the old computer. And the point here is that he was able to do that. Uh, he was able to get better results. He was able to do more work and could probably continue to do that through the, through the remainder of his career, however long that was. Uh, and still not get to the point where just using more computing time for its own sake would have would have been the only reason for doing it. Where using computer every time using the computer more power would have produced better results. Right. I think that's the sort of the unusual aspect of of the HPC market and the H, the, the way people use it. It, it uh, it's sort of unique in that sense. And yeah, I mean. How that applies in, in in Amazon and Microsoft, I think, and and Google and, and some of the other big hyperscale guys that are looking at, at HPC technology. Uh, I mean, I, I think they are looking at it as sort of an alternate uh, uh, way that people are are using it, and uh, I think more and more people are. Are not even in the technical computing fields, or even what we would call, you know, business HPC, but uh, areas outside of, uh, of of HPC per se, are seeing computational uh, intensity and data intensity as something that's driving their value, and it's being become, becoming more generalized as something. It's it's sort of this. Uh, you know, there's not enough compute power, or, or in some cases, storage to that that would satisfy a lot of these application areas now. And I think 
you know, companies like Amazon, Google, and Microsoft, and, and others are, are taking advantage of that. Well, Chris, thanks, thanks for chipping in on this week. Uh, it, was, it was great to have you back on the show. Two very interesting acquisitions, and I think probably not the, the last set of acquisitions we'll have in 2016, but uh, we'll keep following them. And thank again, everyone. Thanks for everyone who listens to This Week in HPC. We'll, we'll talk to you again and uh, see you back next week. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. 